Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Roar Lions Roar, the basketball edition. I am your host, Matt Filipovitz, and we are here to talk about, even though they took a loss on Wednesday night to Michigan, what is still one of the hottest basketball teams in the Big Ten, the Penn State Nittany Lions. And joining me tonight is my co-host, Vincent Langaro. Vince, how are you? I'm doing great, Matt. How are you doing? I am doing really well. It was a tough one for Penn State basketball on Wednesday night, but the Nittany Lions still sit at 11-4 and on the campaign and 2-2 two and two in the Big Ten. Their wins have come at Illinois and home against Iowa and losses at home to Michigan State and then on the road in Ann Arbor. And Vince, let's jump right in and talk about this Penn State-Michigan matchup last night. Like I said, Penn State lost by 10 points in Ann Arbor. I don't think it was a true double-digit loss. It didn't feel like it was a double-digit loss in real time. Uh, Vince, let me just get your thoughts on a Penn State team that really could have made a big statement against the Wolverines, but ultimately came up just short. Yeah, yeah. we mentioned it before we went on air here that like they went on a, an 11-0 run in, in that second half uh, to open it up. Things were clicking really offensively. Um, they got and managed to get a few stops on the defensive end, and you're figuring, okay, here we go. Here's here's the run we saw like at, at Illinois where they kind of just take control of the game. And then Michigan, Michigan responds with an 11-0 run of their own. So... Um, disappointing that you know obviously that they couldn't complete that comeback but I think you still have to be a little bit encouraged that they were able to uh, you know stay within striking distance and and really held their own especially uh, with with Hunter Dickinson um, you know making the too short gesture like 15 times during the game for whatever reason um, against a freshman and Evan Mahaffey and Kevin Njai but you know it it, it it was what it was but I think I think there there are reasons to be encouraged by that performance. Yeah, like you said, Penn State really kept it close and they were led in a big way once again by Jalen Pickett. The dude had 26 points, nine boards, four assists. He's Mr. Do Everything for Penn State basketball right now. He played 40 minutes, which is probably a number he's going to have to match all throughout the Big Ten season. Like you, you mentioned Mahaffey. Mahaffey played a ton of minutes. He's a guy who I know on the broadcast mentioned he was a point guard in high school. So they feel really comfortable with him bringing the ball up the court. And he is a guy with Caleb Dorsey's role kind of looking like it's going to continue to diminish. I know he's hurt, but I mean, let's be honest. Keba Jai has really played his way into a bigger and bigger, um, I guess, role for the remainder of this season. And I'm really curious to see in terms of both Jai and Mahaffey, who becomes the de facto starter in games like this. Jai got the start. I thought Jai played really well against Hunter Dickinson. I think you made the point right before we went on the air, Vince, that Michigan only outscored Penn State by two in the paint. They couldn't miss from beyond the arc, and they couldn't miss on jump shots, which I don't think Michigan's going to be able to repeat throughout the majority of this season. And Penn State, especially Andrew Funk, was relatively cold for what we've seen. Funk just one of eight from beyond the arc. And Lundy stepped up in his absence going four of 10. And I know Lundy came out there. He hit the first two buckets of the game for Penn State, both pretty, pretty good threes from, you know, with hands in his face. But I'm curious where you think they go in terms of Jai versus Mahaffey. And who is the guy you think against this kind of, you know, dominating big that they're going to see in the Big Ten, who kind of, they have to turn to, or is it just going to depend more or less on, on who's out there every week? 
Uh, I think it, it might depend, but I also think when we've seen this team the most successful, like at Illinois, uh, they went to smaller lineups. And, and I think just based on what this team's identity is offensively and, and spreading it around, shooting the three ball, trying to get up a little bit quicker than years past, I think maybe Mahaffey and I think you know also his defensive prowess. Um, I don't think Kevin Jai has done anything wrong in his appearances, and obviously because of his talent and Penn State's need at the five position, he's going to get plenty of playing time. I just think the identity of this team screams, and I, and I think you said this a couple episodes ago, small ball is just going to be ha- the way they have to live and die this season. And, you know, when Andrew Frunk and Miles Dredd was cold last night, it didn't it didn't pan out. Against Iowa, those guys were hitting shots a little bit more. So yep. it, it's going to be have to be a give and take in that situation. I just love Mahaffey's athleticism. I love his ball handling skills. He's already a very good defender. He um, can leap, you know, dude. He got he, up he there can, on a couple He can jump out of a gym. Jams. He, it's impressive uh, yeah. what he's able to do physically. Yeah, and shout out to... to get... uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, sorry. No, I was going to say, uh, shout out to my pal, uh, Dave Ecker, who used to cover the Hoops team for for Blue Eyed Illustrated. He made a really good point that it, it's kind of crazy that Mahaffey didn't have more, uh, you know, bigger school offers. You know, there are a couple other schools uh, that were interested in him in addition to Penn State. But just the raw athleticism and talent and defensive prowess there is is really, really impressive. And it, it, it's kind of a, a credit to Mike Shrewsbury and his staff for for kind of seeing that and identifying him in, in recruiting as a potential target and obviously at landing him here at Penn State. And I want to give I want to give Jai some flowers. I know it wasn't his best game, at least in the stat sheet. He's a, he didn't score. I granted you're going up against one of the best bigs in the Big Ten and Hunter Dickinson. He only pulled in three rebounds. But as a whole, Penn State was only out-rebounded by six boards against a Michigan team that is one of the biggest and most athletic in the Big Ten. Like, Jawan Howard has built that roster up to the point where they're able to dominate a lot of teams in the paint and on the glass. And I do think that Jai has a lot of value for this team. I mean, you look at the dudes who played. Really, only seven guys got minutes. Mikey Hen, who I think you and I both expected to be about a two-minute-a-game guy going into the season. He only played two minutes. He It's his seventh year. He's not the kind of athlete that can go out there and give you a lot of good minutes in the Big Ten. So that's where I think Mahaffey going out there and playing 17 minutes, the most of anybody coming off the bench, makes him a more interesting piece than I expected moving forward. And I think that they're going to see a lot of performances similar to this where they're going to have to go small. And I don't think that they're going to be able to keep that rebounding margin as small as they did moving ahead. What do you think? Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. I, I just think given the nature of small ball, you're just going to have to sacrifice the boards a little bit on occasion. But you're right. You do need that Kebajai presence down low because uh, you can't get into a situation like it was at Clemson a few weeks ago where like they, they just had nothing in the paint. Um, Jai struggled against some of Clemson's bigs and they got out rebounded and they got outscored in the paint by a wide margin. So it, it's going to be, again, I have, have to be that give and take. And I loved your point about, uh, athleticism for Michigan. Cause I think that's going to be a problem here. A few different times in big 10 play where Michigan had athletes all over the floor. I mean, Hunter Dickinson is, is terrible defensively, but offensively he's as skilled as anyone <laughs> in the country. 
Um, so they are going to struggle with teams like that, teams like Michigan. Michigan State, we saw, has has athletes at all five positions, and and Penn State's really not built that way because, you know, Andrew Funk, Cam Winter, they're not the greatest of athletes in, in terms of just, you know, jumping out of the gym and athleticism and stuff like that. So that was a really good point by you, and I think it's just going to be something we have to watch here in Big Ten play. It's, it's going to have to be an ebb and flow situation. They're going to have to take their lumps on the defensive end because, you know, teams can, can out-muscle them and out-athletic them, but there's also going to be those nights where against Iowa shots are falling uh, and you're able to build up a lead uh, like they were in the wins win over the Hawkeyes yeah when you're the uh, you're the oldest team in major college basketball your strength isn't going to be athleticism in all likelihood it's right. going to be the experience your guys have and you know they it got them open shots you know and just certain nights shots don't fall I feel like that's something that we would always say about the Pat Chambers era for losses but I think that you know Shrewsbury went in there with a good game plan and you know, it was within reach, you know, when they stormed back in the second half, I really thought they were going to go out there and they were going to get this win. They went into the half down a good bunch. They found the rhythm again. Adjustments were made. And it was just at the end of the day, just not enough shots fell. And with the stretch they have coming up, they're going to need Funk, Winter, Lundy, Dread to go out there and be great complimentary pieces to Jalen Pickett. And next up is Purdue at the Palestra and then they host Indiana, and then they head to Wisconsin. And those are three consecutive ranked teams in a row. But Vince, let's start with the game coming up on Sunday here. Hosting Purdue, the number one team in the nation currently, according to the AP poll, I believe they remain there. They just took their first loss. There's no more undefeated teams left in college basketball. It's where Micah Shrewsbury cut his teeth and went out there and figured out a way to become a Division I basketball coach. Does, realistically, does Penn State have a shot? Yeah, I think I think uh, I think they definitely have a shot. I think you look at the Rutgers and their blueprint was okay. Zach Eady's going to beat you. I mean, there's just there's no answer for someone with the size of Zach Eady. And and he's the best Rutgers, player in the Big Ten you know, right now. I think. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and you know. He would definitely deserve the conference player of the year award if the conference if the season ended right now. Yeah, I think they're gonna mm-hmm. defensively, I think the effort has to be better, but you're not gonna be able to slow down Edie. So what's the solution? Make other guys beat you. And that's what Rutgers did uh, against Purdue in, in their win. They made other players try to beat them. You know, Zach Edie got his, but you know, when you force uh, other players on that Purdue roster to hit shots, they weren't able to do it. Rutgers was able to uh, walk out of uh, Mackey Arena with a win. So I think they definitely have a shot. Um, you know, defensively, they're going to have to play better than they have these past two games. They've given up nearly 80 points uh, to Iowa and Michigan in back-to-back games, 79 on the dot, I believe. So the defensive effort, effort is just going to have to be better, which is which is kind of surprising given, um, you know, Micah Shrews- Shrewsbury's first season and, and early on this season. What their staple was was, was defensive intensity, uh, making the game uh, a slog for the other team. So uh, on one hand, defensively, they're going to have to be better. And, and also offensively, I think you mentioned it just a minute ago, someone besides Jalen Pickett has to step up. In the win over Iowa, four players were in double figures against um, against uh, Michigan. I believe Lundy was the only other one in double figures. Correct. And, you know, you, you mentioned six of those points came in the first two minutes of the game. So as good as Jalen Pickett is, teams are going are starting more and more with the scouting reports that Big Ten teams obviously have on Penn State. They're going to start zeroing in, zeroing in on him. And much like Edie Pickett's going to score, but also 
when the time comes, other players have to be able to step up and, and make shots and, and knock down open looks. And that's why Dredd and Funk struggling so much against Michigan. Michigan, excuse me, it was a microcosm of obviously the team not walking away with the win. Yeah, Dredd going one for four against Michigan, coming off of what I think was maybe one of the better shooting outings of his career against Iowa, uh, was something I really didn't expect to see. I think Dredd can exist as like the forgotten man of the Penn State backcourt a lot of the time. I know mm-hmm. Dredd kind of plays like a he plays all five positions sometimes just by nature of how the roster is built. But he's a guy who I think if he's out there and if he's making shots that's when Penn State's at his best. I think he's more important than Andrew Funk because I think Funk is such a gravitational player. Even if he's off, you have to worry about Mm. him. There's no coach in his right mind who is willing to take a bet and not have a hand in Andrew Funk's face all the time. And that (laughs) frees up Dredd a ton. I think it's freeing up Lundy a ton. Seth Lundy, you know, since the injury he had against, I believe it would have been Delaware State, um, or it might have been against Quinnipiac. Uh, I forget which one of the two non-con games that he hurt his ankle in. He's rested up, and he's come back, and it looks like he's a lot more comfortable. I like what he's giving them. And in terms of, let's let's call it a specific guy each of us think has to step up in that Purdue game. For me, I'm going to say it's going to have to be Andrew Funk. Because I think if Andrew Funk is out there, and if he's connecting from deep, on top of the attention he's already getting, I think he's going to be able to bring defenses out of the paint a little bit. And listen, after the performance Keba Jai just had, I would not blame any coach for not really worrying about Penn State scoring in the paint a ton. Like, let's just call it how it is. This is a team that's going to have to live and die by the three-point shot. And if Funk's out there connecting, I just think everything opens up on, at just such an extreme level. And I cannot ask, you know, in good faith, Keba Jai or Evan Mahaffey or you know, Mikey Hen to go out there and give them like eight points against Purdue. That just feels like an impossible ask. So mm-hmm. realistically, I'm going to have to go with Andrew Funk as the guy who has to step up for Penn State to go out there and really create a signature win for themselves. Yeah, I, I definitely think it's it's Andrew Funk as well. I'd throw Cam Winter in there as well. He's averaging about 9.7 points per game, which which isn't bad by any stretch of the imagination, but where if, if Penn State wants to get to the NCAA tournament, he's probably going to have to bump that up into double figures. And Winter has been impressive, but there's also, also stretches of games where I think he kind of disappears a little bit. Um, maybe that's because Jalen Pickett, you know, is a little bit more ball dominant in situations where Penn State needs a basket. But I, I, I absolutely agree. I think it has to be Andrew Funk. He's just so dangerous from three point land. Coaches have to plan for him, and if he's knocking down shots, as as we've seen this season, Penn State basketball is, is Penn State's just a much different team, and and they're able to flow a lot better offensively. So if you're going to be in Philadelphia for this big game against Purdue at the Palestra, I personally think you should be wearing our pod sponsor, Homefield Apparel. Homefield is a premium collegiate apparel brand based out of Indianapolis, Indiana. They are Hoosier alums and Hoosier fans. So I hope they will be rooting for the Nittany Lions against the Boilermakers here in a couple of days. But they make some of the best shirts out there that you're going to find. They have a great 15-piece Penn State collection. They have hoodies. They have crewnecks. They have T-shirts. And our listeners can get 15% off their first order with promo code ROAR, Lions, ROAR, all uppercase. I wear home field pretty much every time I go out to a bar, any event for a Penn State sporting uh, activity. I wore it when I went out to the bar for the Rose Bowl. I am going to be wearing it when Penn State takes on Purdue on Sunday. I don't know where I'm going to watch the game yet, but no matter where I will be, I will be rocking 
probably my Take Me to Happy Valley crew neck that I seemingly wear everywhere. And again, our listeners can get 15% off their first order with promo code ROARLIONSROAR. Thank you to Homefield for sponsoring us. And Vince, let's dive back in. And so Penn State is 11-4 and four through their first 15 games. Is that better than you expected? Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think I think they're they're a little bit better than I expected them to be, just because you know there was so much, uh, you know, there was a little bit of turnover, and also, um, you know, the the question about you know what are they going to look like down low, and I don't think that 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 question has been answered yet, but I think their ability to shoot the three ball so well um, has has been really impressive to see um, from you know if they go small from all five guys on the floor, so I think they're 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 ahead of where I thought they would be, and they're obviously right in the mix in, in the Big Ten. I I was just hoping for a 500 season. I was hoping to be in the NIT conversation is really all I could have asked for. And similar to what I know Penn State football has had for years, it feels like Penn State basketball always takes a really dumb loss. Last year it was UMass. You know, there's been years where they've lost to just wildly inferior mid-major teams, and they made it through the non-conference with losses to just Virginia Tech and to Clemson in double overtime on the road. That's about as good of a non-conference run I've seen from Penn State basketball since I've been following the team. And that's a big credit to Micah Shrewsbury, to the senior team. And the tournament, while a bit premature, I think they're probably going to have to go two games under 500 to have a shot to be in the conversation on selection Sunday. You think that's fair? Yeah, I think that's fair. And, and depending, you know, how other results in the big 10 go, the big 10 this year feels like it's wide open. I mean, Rutgers, uh, you know, could be, yeah. could be winning the big 10 Michigan who struggled so much in non-conference play is, is unbeaten in big 10 play now. So uh, it, it's probably going to depend on the rest of the conference, but I'd agree. I think, Within two wins, one game under 500, 500 itself, I think should be enough to get Penn State in the NCAA tournament. Um, and, and looking ahead to these next three games, and, and in particular the next two, I think if Penn State splits these two games, I, I think they're in really good shape. Obviously, these are two of the tougher games on the schedule. When we when we saw the schedule come out, Purdue obviously is always good under Matt Painter. And then Indiana was the preseason favorite to win the conference. So if they can split these next two games at home, obviously the one game's at the Palestra, and I will be in attendance. So I'm I'm really excited excited oh, for that nice. one. It should be a great atmosphere in Philly. Um, but yeah, I, I think if they split these next two games, they're in good shape. And and, and I agree with you. Is if, they're, if they're hovering somewhere around 500, that should be good enough. In most years, historically, it is to to get into the big dance. I'll go as far as to say if they go one for their next three or next. Yeah. If they go one and two in their next three games, if they can steal one of Purdue, Indiana or Wisconsin, I think Penn state still controls their own destiny in the big 10 and in the national, you know, getting in the big dance conversation. And it's early. It's so early. And and I don't, I don't want to get my hopes up, but we have to talk bracketology for Penn State in January because there's no guarantee we'll get to talk about it in April or March. Um, so Penn State right now is, according to Joe Lenardi, is an 11 seed. They'll be playing in the first four against Oklahoma State, and they will take on, if they win the first four game, he has them taking on North Carolina then in the round of 64. <laughs> well, I think you'd always prefer to be to go right into the round of 64, just given, you know... If, if you don't win that first four game, you know, people might look at the season a little differently. But I mean, if you make the first four, I mean, you're getting the number on that banner in the BJC. So, you know, it's it's still good in that in that regard. 
but yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think the NCAA tournament, whether it's the first four or, you know, playing in the round of 64 on Thursday or Friday, I think, I think is a big deal for this program, especially because it's only year two under Michael Shrewsbury. So, uh, you know, it'd be, it'd be awesome if they were able to play North Carolina in the NCAA tournament, you know, the, the defending, you know, NCAA runner up. And I think that'd be a huge step for this program already in year two under Michael Shrewsbury and would kind of signify the trajectory of where this is going. And I think also if they were to get to the NCAA tournament, I'd have a lot of faith in Micah Shrewsbury cooking up a great game plan, whether it is the first four or obviously more, uh, more importantly, the, that round of 64, I'd, I'd have a lot of faith in him being able to use, utilize what this team does well and execute it really well against, you know, whoever they matched up against, whether it's North Carolina or, or, you know, Duke lost by 22 yesterday at NC State. So, you know, you could be seeing them in the first round. Who knows? I will say I have been very, it's been a breath of fresh air for, for Micah Shrewsbury to come in there. And you could tell why he got the moniker as like Purdue as offensive coordinator. And listen, I like Pat Chambers enough. I thought he was a perfectly fine coach for Penn State basketball. But I think Shrewsbury is on a different level. I think he game plans really well. Uh, he got a he got the program to get a Rothstein uh, ism, and I can't remember what it was offhand. Do you remember <laughs> what it is offhand? Oh I no, think I don't. It's more plays than Broadway. It's something. It's something like that. I hold on. I'm gonna pull it. Yeah, I think I. I think, yeah, it's something to do with Broadway. It's something to do with more plays than Broadway. And I don't know why that made me laugh when I saw it come across uh, my timeline a couple of days ago, because it, it is impressive. I do really think Shrewsbury has quickly become one of the better coaches in the Big Ten. And again, Penn State's 11 and four. This is a territory that I didn't think this program was capable of in year two. They've really only lost, in my opinion, one bad game and that's Michigan State because I don't think Michigan State's that great I think that was just a poor night I think Virginia Tech is a good basketball team that has fallen off a little bit was but was playing their best ball when they played Penn State you lost to Clemson in double double overtime you know not great but no one's gonna hold a 2 OT loss on the road against a power five team over your head um I think that it was only natural that this Michigan game would kind of go the way it was. I mean, it looks like a 10-point loss. It is a 10-point loss, but it really was more or less a one or two possession game down the stretch. They kind of just, Michigan hit their shots late and it got out of hand. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited about where this program is heading. I think they can make a really great run here. And again, if they can steal one of these next three games, I think that the sky's the limit for this team. I think the tournament is very much within reach. And Vince, I'm excited that you and I will get to talk about it again here. So you said you're going to the game at the Palestra, correct? Yep, I, w- I will be there on Sunday. It'll be Sunday evening. I think it's a 6 yep. o'clock tip. And um, yeah, the, the last Palestra game uh, against Iowa in... I, th- I think it was 2020, right before yeah, the pandemic it been. hit. So one of the last uh, good memories I have of, of that year. Um, it, it should be a great atmosphere. And, 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 and again, kudos to Matt Painter for agreeing yeah. to do this. You know, obviously his relationship with Micah Shrewsbury obviously is, is, is a big part of that. But, you know, every time I get a chance to, whether it's, you know, in a press conference or just watching him on TV, you know, I, I have a ton of respect for Matt Painter and, and him agreeing to do this, I think, is going to be a great treat for, for Big Ten and college basketball yeah, as a whole. It should be a fun one. If you're going, enjoy the game. And Vince, that's all I got. Any final parting words here before we, uh, we send Penn State basketball off to Philadelphia? 
yeah, it should be an exciting game. And then, you know, just looking forward, I think the great thing about the Big Ten this year is any game is winnable for Penn State. There's not a team in the Big Ten that I look at and I say, I, I, I don't see Penn State. I don't see how Penn State can win that game. Uh, you know, Purdue looked unbeatable there for a while. The past few games, they've they've kind of won by the skin of their teeth, and then Rutgers beat them. So uh, any game this season is going to be winnable, winnable for Penn State, and, and that shapes up for an exciting uh, next couple of months for Michael Shrewsbury's team. An exciting couple of months is all we can hope for for Penn State basketball as we really hit the stride of the Big Ten season. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, we really appreciate our sponsor, Homefield Apparel. Again, that's promo code ROARLIONSROAR, all one word, all caps at checkout for 15% off your first order. If you're following along, be sure to leave a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. And if you're in YouTube, leave a comment. We always love to see them. We love to interact with you guys. We think it's a great time. Be sure to follow us on our social channels. We're on Twitter at RLR blog. And thank you again for listening to Roar Lions Radio. For my co-host, Vince Langero, I'm Matt Flibovitz. Take care, everyone.